Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 32-4 and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. Pernell. What? I gotta talk to you about this week's topic. Okay. So we were gonna be we had a bunch on our list, but you wanted to get charged up. Which is funny because I'm exhausted today. Yeah, you need some. You need, you need to get charged. Is it like your phone was dying and you were like, I got an idea. I got an idea. Well, it was largely part of the idea that spring is kicking in. And frankly, I've been really tired a lot lately. So it just makes sense to be like, you know, maybe now is a good time to do a topic involving the idea of like charging up. Which is funny, too, because the way I said it and what track types I've chosen are two almost different things. So I went with a combination of things. I went with electricity, and I also went with high energy. Oh, so I like, yeah. I was thinking, like, high energy, too. Or, like, games where you have to, like, hold a button to charge something. Ooh. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. And you were, like, getting charged. I was like, oh, yeah, like, charge shots. Like, Mega Man. Like, the like classic Mega Buster. Mega Buster, right? Yeah. That's a good logic. Um, yeah, I was thinking that. I went a different direction, though. So you thought that and still didn't do it. Well, I thought that, and then I thought something better. Oh. And I, well, I mean, okay, I thought something that you would find funny. Okay. And then I and then I kept doing it where it's not funny anymore. Are they gays where you get arrested and have to <laughs> face charges? Yes. That's actually it. My game is all about the the justice system. <laughs> my game, my, my my tracks are all about the justice system. That's so actually pretty good. Games. Yeah, it's all about you know getting charged with things. <laughs> I like that actually. So I'm just gonna come up with like different charges against <laughs> against against the different characters of these games. See, and that's why these topics are great. We've done. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we've done greater than 300 episodes easily, and it gets hard to choose topics. And the topics really do come from the most bizarre places. Again, like this topic came to mind on a whim yesterday. I'm like, this is a topic. We should do it. And it only happened because the time was right. The stars aligned. And something's like, there's a topic that just came to mind. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> it makes for the scenarios like this where it's like, what do you even think you're, what are you talking about, Pernell? And then you come up with something. I'm like, once you said that, I was like, okay, you know, I can figure something out. We, I mean, because a lot of the topics I want to do or have ideas for, they, they need a little bit more research. And we was like, eh, it's Wednesday. Let's figure this out. <laughs> um, Which, by the way, before I leave, we should choose one of those so we can go into what we have like two weeks. Yeah, we never, we ne yeah, we'll have like two weeks to figure this out. We never plan that far ahead. Uh, speaking of planning ahead, clear your schedules, listeners, and maybe you, Pernell. In June, sometime in June, we're gonna uh, Pernell and I are gonna be at Too Many Games, the classic gaming expo in the greater Philadelphia area, Oaks, Pennsylvania. Oaks, Pennsylvania, nowhere near Philadelphia. It really isn't. I don't know where that. As close to from. Philadelphia as we are in Delaware. I think that's probably why we're probably closer. We're probably closer. Guys refers to the greater Philadelphia area. It's usually like the outskirts, the outskirts of a major yeah. city. And it's a cool, it's a cool, it's, it's a decent location. I never understood why they it's call like it greater, though. Wouldn't it be lesser Philadelphia area? <laughs> lesser. <laughs> greater would be closer to the city. When you get there, if you feel like you're kind of going into the middle of nowhere, and right. then you get there and you're like, oh, there's some stuff out here. It's a cool convention center. It's actually a really neat convention. Um, the last time... We we've done it like two or three, like probably three times now, mm -hmm. and so we're gonna we're gonna be there. We're gonna do our show. We're gonna have some like we do some like fun games and like we just kind of get silly with it for like about an hour. No 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 no, get silly with it. Um, and 
Um, what was I going to say? Anyway, the last one was in 2019, which we didn't get to record. There were some issues with the recording, but I, that was like our. I think that was, that like was our, our best one. That was our best show. That was so fun. Yeah, it was, was. like it was the it was lame the, genie showed up. It was the prime time. Lame genie was in the front row. Yeah, just like goofing off. We had uh, Mike Levy from XVGM. Like we brought him up on. We goofed off with him too. I, I we think should we, do that. We I think we left them on the stage. I, I forgot about them. <laughs> I'll be honest, since we didn't record it, if you remember what you did that year, we should do that again. Oh, do it again? Yeah, well, we, did, we did speed runs. And no, I, no, not speed runs. It was the. It was like. A, well, don't say it on the air, but <laughs> essentially, it was this really cool contest you just came up with on a whim. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it was a lot of fun to do. Yeah. So think of like all the the silly, the silly, stupid um, quizzes that I gave Purnell over our live shows. I just did that again. And I think that no, it no, it. Trust me, it was not that. <laughs> you did something different from that, and it was fun. I'll tell you after the episode proper. Oh, okay. But it was uh, a lot of fun. Well, I don't remember. I remember it was a good time. And I then, remember. I'll tell you. And then we may be. I signed us up. Well, I'm, I'm waiting for Retro World in, um, in up in uh, Connecticut because I think that'd be fun to do, and I kind of want to go visit Ed anyway. That'd so, be nice to go back up there. Um, but if that if that happens, then we can we can we can work that out. That's going to be in August, I think. Okay. And um and it, I've, and the dates for that is a week after I come back from Nevada. So <laughs> just ne- like last time, Nevada or Nevada. Mm, Nev. Envy. Uh, uh, yeah, just <laughs> go with that. Abbreviate. Um. Anyway, doubt abbreviated. I know our both of our energy levels are a little low, so we're gonna it start. Doesn't help. I should mention this too. Cause I think this will be a generally funny thing. What's that? Like one of the reasons why I think my energy levels are low, maybe. I've been having a lot of rough dreams lately. Um, some are bad, and I'm not gonna go into those, but they're just rough dreams. But last night's was just funny, and it might have been because I watched the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, the, the second one or the first? Oh, one? the first one. I never seen fun, it. It's fun, right? It's not. Gr- it's not great. No, no. I thought it was great. Cause the best way to describe it, it felt like a long lost '90s movie. Yeah. That got jumped into the present. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it felt. It, it didn't feel like a like a. It wasn't like mind blowing. It wasn't groundbreaking. It was just fun. It was yeah. just a lot of fun. And the thing about it is, like at the very very end, there's a scene where like a government guy is talking to like the main character about like. Thank you for not divulging what you know, basically because you know Sonic, who Sonic is, and all that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Here's a present from Uncle Sam," and they hand him an envelope. Like, "Oh my God, money to possibly pay off the house." He's like, "Maybe better." And they're getting all excited about it. Over they re- unwrap it. It's like a fifty dollar gift card to Olive Garden. <laughs> That's right. And it's like, he's like, "Have you seen their bread bowl?" It's, it's like, "Did you see their unlimited bread bowl?" It's unlimited. It's unlimited. And he's like, he's really excited about it. And like, I had a dream last night involving like. Finding the lost secrets of the underground temple of the Olive Garden. Like I was like, it, I was exploring the Olive Garden's inner catacombs. I don't know why that happened. Why I don't know that? why I was being attacked by angry breadsticks. Why is that so funny to me? It was just weird. I'm like, compared to the dreams I've been having, this was like a breath of fresh air. That's so I'll so admit, good. even my bad dreams are just bizarre. Yeah, really bizarre. It's like your su- your subconscious is like because your subconscious is like. Here are all of your anxieties and all of the things that are that are swirling around in your brain, and then let's give it like weird movie and video game logic. <laughs> yes. And you're like, okay, brain. And you wake up and you're like, I guess I feel weird. Ready to start the day. Ready to start the day. Let's <laughs> laugh about it. It makes for really good narratives. Like I got into the habit of actually typing the dreams out specifically yeah. because I don't want to forget. Like, how many people do you know that don't want to forget? Bad dreams, like the good dreams, are usually ones like, "Oh, I can't wait." Well, I- it's it's the bad ones that I sometimes replay in my mind, and so if you can, 
if you think of them again after you wake up, that's when they solidify in, in, as memories. Yeah. If you don't, then they, they just go away. And that's why so many people just like don't remember their dreams. And that's why I still remember the evil Ronald McDonald despite having that dream when I was six. Oh, my God. I did not pick a Ronald McDonald game. I did, however, pick from a game that's based on a movie that's based on a game that the movie... My Cousin Vinny? ...is actually adequate but very fun. Attica? Um... No, Detective Pikachu. Pika? And he is here to press charges on you. <laughs> He's not, he can't press charges. Illegal, traffic, illegal trafficking of rare candy with intent to sell. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to sell rare candy. That stuff's rare. People are all excited about like the Sonic 2 movie like breaking all of these uh, records in the box office for a video game movie. Detective Pikachu had to do pretty good, right? But it didn't outdo... Sonic 2. That's amazing to me, because Detective Pikachu, I really enjoyed. I think the problem is that it's still Pokemon. So Pokemon, yeah, it's that's like, because yeah, yeah, on yeah. one hand, Pokemon's really popular. But on the other hand, I feel like it doesn't carry the same like adult nostalgia, nostalgia levels that Sonic does. So Sonic... It goes, it goes back a bit further. It goes back yeah, further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Sonic 2 comes out, and you get these critics that are, that are going, it's a great movie for your kids, but maybe the adults are going to sit this one out. But the adults are like, I grew up with Sonic. I yeah. want to watch the Sonic movie. My kid's just coming along with me. Yeah, we got a Sega Genesis, and like that's all I cared about was Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, and like, that's because all my friends had Mario, and I was like, no way, no and, way. And that, and <laughs> Sonic is the best. And that's how I felt. Like I grew yeah. up with Sonic. I love Sonic. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to see a Sonic movie succeed. It seemed fitting like it should. And I'd feel the same way about a new Mario movie because Mario deserves another chance. Yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, why not Mario? I mean, we've had animated movies, and honestly, I don't really see why a Mario movie couldn't thrive. No. Live action, I don't want to see it. I, no. But animated, yes. When you get into movie-wise, like Pokemon and Sonic, it's like little animal creatures living with, with live action humans. Like, mm -hmm. like but Mario can't really do that. No, exactly. So we've done all that. We've done that before. Like Who Framed Roger Rabbit and all that stuff in the past. We've done that before. It's fun. It works. Uh -huh. We know the formula. But Mario living in the real world. Like, we don't know about that. But the problem is, by virtue, unless they redo the lore, the whole idea there is Mario lives in a, came from the real world to a <laughs> fantasy world. Yeah. So if anything, you'd have live-action Mario in a cartoon environment, but that's a challenge because Mario himself gets cartoon abilities. So what are you going to do there? I have no... I, I don't know. I don't know, but... It can't be good for now. And without Captain Lou <laughs> Albano, I'm just, I'm just worried more because I think that's he, all to it me, is. He's Mario. Maybe it's because like we're older and our and our imaginations are aren't as good as they used to be. So all we know is what we've seen. You know? I don't know. My imagination can still kick. Bob Hoskins. Oh, isn't he in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No, you got me wondering. Maybe I don't yeah, think he, he's the guy who plays um oh, come the on. detective. Yeah, he did. Oh, detective again. Talking about detectives. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I don't think it's the same. It might be, but I don't, yeah, Bob Hoskins. It really is. Yeah, the yeah. Same guy. There's the there's the connection for now. There's the connection. I don't even. I can't even visually picture that likeness between the two characters because in one movie he had hair and the other he didn't. Oh my god, I forgot that was Christopher Lloyd in that movie. Because Bob, yeah, the most creepy Christopher Lloyd you've yeah, ever no seen kidding. as the judge when he did that freaking cartoon eye crap. Oh man, that was that was scary stuff. That was traumatic. That. He should be charged and put to jail. Anyway, <laughs> I had a really good segue going into Detective Pikachu. I ruined it. Here we go. Detective Pikachu. This is this is from the game Detective Pikachu, which I believe the movie is based on the game. It loosely is because it's basically a world where like, oh, you mean the game Detective Pikachu. 
I kind of is. Yeah, I think the, there's. I think because I don't think they made the movie. I think the movie is based on this game, and because like we have to look that up on the break. Cause yeah, I want to know. I that think that's too. what I read. It's it's on the Nintendo 3DS. It, the music is composed by Takuda Kitsuda. There aren't any um, titles for the tracks. This is the twelfth track. And based on the gameplay that I found, it's kind of like a tutorial thing where like you're looking for clues and Pika. then like it kind of walks you through it. But it's a pretty cool track. Pika. Here it is. Track twelve from Detective Pika. Chu for the Nintendo Pika DS. <laughs> <laughs> back this is a uh, track number 12 uh, possibly tutorial music from the game detective pikachu for the nintendo 3ds composed by takuto kitsuta and it's to me it's almost like persona music you know like it makes me uh, what it sounds like to me is that it doesn't feature danny devito no there's no danny devito in this this it's one unfortunate you do know about that whole thing right <sighs> that what i'm referring to no no i just was like just thinking about danny devito and <laughs> Getting so, all wist- wistful and bleary-eyed. So at one point, when they talked about there being a Detective Pikachu movie, gen- the general public, I don't know how much of it per se was, but was clamoring for Danny DeVito to voice Pikachu. Mm. I don't remember why at all, but I do feel like it would have been a perfect casting to I, have him well, as Pikachu. I've So if you've watched... If, so this game did come out before the movie. It came out before the movie. So the movie came out in 2019. This game came out in Japan in 2016 and then came out in um, worldwide in 2018. Yeah. So if you watch gameplay of, of the English version of this game, he kind of does talk like this. Oh, so that's probably where or the Danny DeVito connection came Like in. a lower kind of gravelly voice. And it kind of makes sense for the movie to have like still the... The lower male voice, but like quizzy. was it Chris Pratt? No, it was it? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, and like that's just who what he does. He just is like I'm the smart mouth guy in the movie. You know? Did you see the movie? Yeah, I liked it. So was it gritty ish? Like I'm not saying like gritty as in like dead Pokemon in a back alley, but I mean <laughs> like was it as if like there are like Pokemon crimes taking place? You might find an orphan muck on the ground somewhere. No, it wasn't quite like that, but it was like a it was like a New York City kind of world where it was like dark and it was kind of dirty. Okay, but like, but it was a world. It was this city within the real world where we had discovered Pokemon and decided to live with them alongside them rather than like tame them, and use them. them. Yeah, exactly. It was enslaving them. Yeah. Nintendo can't glorify that, but I think, so much. I think there's like a part in the movie where they, they find like a Pokemon battle, but it's like an underground thing. Yeah, and that yeah. makes sense. That, I feel like that's the sort of thing a dark Pokemon world would actually have. Like the battles would but be I mean, underground fighting. It's still like a family movie, so it wasn't like 
It wasn't done up like blood sport or anything oh, yeah. like that. But it was still like, oh, it was I, more from the emotional. Kinda, level yeah, it kind of makes sense. I liked it a lot, and 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 the whole like father son aspect of it. Um, What's he trying really to well. find his dad? Yeah, he's trying to find his dad. Yeah, who was like studying Pokemon. I won't give away spoilers, but hey. one day I will watch it. I do want to watch the film. Like, oh, I thought you had watched it for some reason. Mm, you were asking I, me about I just it. really know about it. Like, yeah, like, like, you know me in films. I never get to really watch. Like We were just talking earlier. I just watched the Sonic movie <laughs> last night, Yeah, despite being excited for its actual <laughs> release. Like I just am yeah. not good at watching movies. If you got a little bit of time, it's. It, I've been watching a lot of movies recently. I don't know why, but... Making time for it, but yeah, that that one's really really good. We just watched the other Ryan Reynolds one last night called The Adam Project. That's on Netflix. Never heard of that. It's like a time traveling thing where. Oh no, Ryan Reynolds kick! You just watched Free Guy too. No, we watched Free Guy like in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty one. Yeah, I was in the you theater. just watched it. Let me see. Yeah, that was like the last one we watched in the theater. What did we watched in the theater recently. We went to see. I don't remember, don't remember. <laughs> Go to show you how great of a movie it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, it didn't really stick in my brain, did it? Um, yeah, I've been watching, we've been watching a lot of movies, though. But I thought I was Ryan Reynolds out. I thought I was, like, done. And then I saw that he was taking a hiatus because he was, like, tired, and I was like, makes sense. And, and then, then I saw, and then I saw another fresh. one on Netflix, and I was like, eh, I'll watch that one. Sure. Yeah, now he's fresh, because now you're going to miss him now he's gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to miss him now that he's gone. He's very, like... That's how it goes. Like, Gilbert Gottfried just passed away. Yeah. Rest, his, rest in peace. And, I mean, like, you never really hear anyone talk about him, but when he was announced to have passed, most people I knew, like, their memories of him just shot up like, out of nowhere. It's like, oh, I remember like, him. He was there. He's one of those comedians, one of those actors where, like... Yeah, I didn't really think about him all the time because he wasn't like in the limelight or in the in the in front stage all the time. But like, if I ever saw him somewhere, I was like, "Oh man, I love that guy." It's Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, yeah, you can't like it's the guy with the voice. But now imagine if he mm. didn't pass away, yeah. but instead the news press thing came out and said Gilbert Gottfried's retiring. You would have still been like, "Oh man, Gilbert Gottfried, he did USA up all night." That's I remember right. him. He did do that. And the heck with that whole he was a Latin's Yago. No, he was USA up all night. Yeah, he did a lot of st- like a lot of voices. In USA <laughs> up all night. <laughs> You're gonna watch crazy movies at two in the morning. Yeah. It's going to feature, like, uh, girls in bikinis at a car wash. (laughs) Every single one was, like, a Revenge of the Nerds, like, part 12, (laughs) hosted by Gilbert Gottfried at, like, 2 in the morning. I'm like, why am I watching this? Why am I still eating this pizza? That's how it was. Like, no one knew why they were up at 2 in the morning watching USA Up all night. You just knew you were doing it. It's because I was working till 2 in the morning. (laughs) And I was like, I should probably don't need to sleep. I can just stay awake till the next day. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. I don't even have that excuse. I just didn't go to bed. <laughs> I just hated going to bed. You know what it was? It was Conan O'Brien was on so late. And I was like, well, what's after Conan O'Brien? Stop <laughs> <laughs> whatever's on the two. All right. What's what's your first track in this Get Charge world? Because my, my tracks aren't all, aren't all charged up. All right. So my first track. So I'm going to go in a sort of order between like, you know, you know like high. Get like, get lively, feel happy, or whatever. Yeah, a, a, prog- then, a progression of liveliness. Yes. Okay, I like that. So my first track comes from the game. Um, actually, you know what? The heck with it. <laughs> I feel like this like this track might be better at the end, despite being a bigger name track. Okay. I'm gonna go with this track instead. I'm going with Guitar Freak Six Mix. Oh. This track is called Kill Children's Sketchbook, and is composed by Hiro Fumi Sasaki. I think it's hilarious that I'm actually kicking this other track down the line. I'm like, you know what? No. All right. This one you kicked down the line earlier? No, the one I'll, I'll mention to you. On oh, the break. okay. Okay. 
what did we just listen to for now? I thought there were like two songs playing at the same time. It was wonderful. I had to check my tracks. <laughs> that was from Guitar Freak's sixth mix. That track is called Children's Sketchbook. Wow. Composed by Hirofumi Sasaki. And I genuinely feel like it sounds like the scrawlings in the children's sketchbook would look. Um, so obviously I picked that because... I feel like that is a high-energy track in my mind, mm-hmm. and it's a track that back in the day would always kind of give me energy, would pump me up. Like, back before Japanese rhythm games were more prevalent in the States, mm-hmm. we generally would find ourselves going to things like Bimani Style to learn about new tracks. BimaniStyle.com, There's Bimani I don't think it exists anymore. It probably doesn't anymore. I'm um, going to Google it and find out. Or if it does, it's a, it's a shadow of its former self. Um, but we would go there to learn about you know what new releases are coming out in Japan and then we want to learn about what music was going to be in those games despite being unable to actually play the games um, because if they didn't get a home release that could get imported we had no access hmm. so there was a long period we're talking maybe eight releases where we just will listen to the music and go man it'd be really fun to play that it'd be really fun to play you just imagine what the gameplay of that song would be like because it was also before YouTube was as big as it is, and you could just find footage of anything you wanted. So you couldn't even really see the line, the gameplay. Mm-hmm. So with this track, I was like, man, I can't wait to play this in an arcade. I'm going to go nuts on children's sketchbook. I'm going to do so good at it, despite being really bad at Guitar Freaks because <laughs> I, it's a hard game to play. It was like that, though. Like You'd find these things online and be like, oh, I can't wait to try that out. I know I'm going to be terrible at it, but I can't wait to play no, that. No, at the time, I believed that'd be good. I was ready. I was going to do it. And when I finally got access to children's sketchbook, it was almost like I was having two convul- two, mo- two simultaneous seizures on the guitar trying to make sense <laughs> of the notes. I'm like, come on, just do it. My arms were like twitching, trying to figure it out. I failed big time. So interesting. It's difficult, too, because the rhythm isn't really – it's not really up front. Like, the rhythm isn't, isn't apparent to the listener. And if you're playing on the drums, oh, God. Oh, that's right, because, the gu- because there was the drums matched with the guitars in this game, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. So if you're playing it on Drum Mania, it's – also, a really high difficulty song in that game. Wasn't this the, the mix that we went up into Wilkesbury to play? I think it was. It might have been. Yeah, we drove all the way out into the mountains to this mall that had an arcade with a just because we knew they had a Guitar Freaks like six or maybe it was a five. They imported it from overseas and it was like, oh my god, I missed me. this game. We got Tall Matt. I don't remember Tall. So skinny Matt. I thought it was Skinny Matt. No, Tall Matt. He's Tall Matt. There's, there's actually Tall there's Matt the, and a Skinny Matt. There's actually another Skinny Matt. <laughs> and I saw him. This, this means nothing to anybody, so I'm going to tell the story. So <laughs> so back in the early 2000s, I was DJing at the like the after-party or the after-party type stuff for the Wilmington Art Loop in Delaware. And there used to be this DJ called Skinny Matt. <laughs> and he played like house music or something. And he was there all the time, had long hair. He looked like what you'd expect. He was just like this kind of hippie-ish kind of guy. And I just was like, oh, why do they call him Skinny Matt? And I'd see him like, okay, I guess I'm glad people don't call me Skinny Rob. That's great. <laughs> and then he just kind of disappeared until, no joke, it was three or four months ago, our neighbor down the road, she was having like this little party type thing where this guy was coming with these crystal bowls called the singing bowls that you, you tap them and they kind of resonate with this tone. And you kind of like, you know, how you, take, you take your hand on a crystal glass and you kind of make that make that whistling sound. Did they have any water in the them? Yeah, they all had water in them. He had like six of them. And we were all supposed to lay on the ground, watch this light show, and he and he played this the, the music in quotes for like an hour. And went and, and he lit incense. It was a magical sound shower. 
Yeah, and we, and I was like laying there, and by the end of it, my ears were all ringing. It wasn't a great experience. People loved it. No, 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 knocking whatever the experience was. I was it wasn't for me. It, it wasn't a Rob Nick. I guess it wasn't in a proper state of mind. But when we when we I stood up and I looked at the guy, I was like, "Are you skinny, Matt?" And he was like, "Yes." How did you know? And I was like, <laughs> "We ran in the same crowds back in the day." And he's like, "It was you, the Crystal Bulls." He's like, "You look familiar." Yeah, the Bulls. The Bulls brought up all the uh, all the memories, but. It's so strange. How did we get on this? Oh, tall Matt. Tall Matt, then skinny Matt. <laughs> I'm bringing. I bring the tangents <laughs> in, and Rob runs with them. Weird, um, weird, weird. That that now that the you and me traveling into the mountains to play rhythm games is another weird story in which you and I like take a miner, put him in a car, drive for hours <laughs> to play rhythm <laughs> to games. Play rhythm games. That's <laughs> how it was back then. Like <laughs> it was like you go to these arcades, and thankfully we were in our 20s, so it wasn't really weird. Um, it would be weird, weird if we did that now, but which is why I don't really talk to anybody in the arcade anymore. Mm. So I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But as far as when we were like in our early twenties, it was reasonable because like, hey, this community just happens to coexist, and as far as you're concerned, you're just playing these games. That's all it is. I want to play video games, and it just so happens that we all converge in the same spot. I'm going here. He doesn't have a car. Yeah, right on with us. We're, 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 go we're all on the same forums, DDR Freak, and he's like, let's, let's go. That uh, so remember we went to Eight on the Break for like a DDR Extreme tournament, and mm-hmm. we picked up that one guy at the mall, and then we and then like halfway, like we were there for like two hours, and then and then we lost him. Remember that? And we didn't know where he went. We didn't know where he was. We had to give him a ride back. I forgot what he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> We were there for hours. Like we got like dinner at that Chinese place, and we were there all night long. Then I, w- we were like, we need to go. We need to find this kid because I don't know where he's at. I, I forgot. Say he- I found him eventually because I remember so what he quiet. looked like. Yeah, I, I was kind of just like, look, he's right with us. That's fine. Because like it was an all on DDR freak. We were all like, hey, we're going to this tournament. We're traveling up to New Jersey. He's like, hey, I need a ride. And I said, okay, you're on the way. <laughs> Pick you up. You're on the turnpike. We can just go. Wow, that was a weird. That was a weird time. I, I, think yeah. I, said, like, I, I still, I still want to travel up there just one more time just to see eight on the break. Like I mentioned the other day, like on my old photo, mm. I posted a photo, like a photo I have in my living room from like 2004. Yeah. But like it's, it was a magical time that, at least, I mean, other people might be able to experience it, but as far as we are, we can't have it back. It's done. But during that window, we had it all set where like people would just converge at arcades. You'd have like 30 people that all knew each other playing the same stuff when you left it was pretty much either there or on the forums it wasn't like you all had like some of those guys i guess had burgers and stuff outside but generally we didn't we just hung out with them there oh yeah and then left and like then i went to chicago did it out there met people hung out played dance games like that was the only thing that brought everybody together no matter how old you were no matter what you liked outside of it which is why I was like, don't tell me about your life. Just tell me what games you play. <laughs> I don't want to learn about your like political affiliation. Like, I crazy don't want like to know that. about your life. I just want to talk about fun things so I can continue to like you. But like everybody just connected over these things. This simple idea of getting together and smashing arrows or flicking guitar notes or popping music. Just yeah. having fun over music. And you traveled for it. You engage with strangers over it. Mm. It's a thing that, again, I can't have it back. It's gone. But at the time, it was amazing. It was. It was absolutely amazing. The last time I think that I saw that happening was I went to play ITG at a bowling alley in Philadelphia. It was in University City. 
and the, the place isn't there anymore but it was someone's private machine they just left there like like for it was like on for like 75 cents and it was the loudest thing in the world I've never played on a machine turned up that loud Oof. and I would go there at like they were open at like 9 in the morning or 10 in the morning on a Sunday mm-hmm. and I'd go there as soon as they opened and just play for like 2 hours and it was like I was the only one there and it was just loud so loud and I was playing there and then like three or four other people show up to play and then suddenly like 10 people show up Oof. and they start playing too. And, I, and they're like, I was like, oh, is this like a whole group of guys coming out? I was like, oh, well, we go play Street Fighter at University Pinball where we used to play punk. Oh, I remember that. But we all play here too. I was like, oh, there's a lot of crossover, isn't there? And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like suddenly there's this huge group of people who all knew each other just playing that one game. Also, I'm glad to hear that apparently University Pinball is back. Oh, this was a while ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, this was a while ago. I don't know if it's still around. It might be. I don't know. I haven't been in that area in a while. Well, I got damaged in like a flood or something. I wouldn't be surprised. We've had some some crazy things happen. Yeah, but I, like, I miss. I went. It was called Strikers, and I was, uh, I went up there a lot because it was wasn't that far away. It was a great machine. It was super loud. And then one day I showed up, and the doors were locked, <laughs> and, they were, and they were done. They were closed. All right, my next track. Um, you are getting charged with um, driving without a license. You know, it's not so bad. But the virtual cops are on the case, oh. and they are heavily armed. <laughs> For some reason, that is what's going to happen. And again, it is where I better be careful. It might virtual cops. They might come after. This, the, well, this is virtual cop three, so they've had sensitivity training. Oh, good. I like those cops. Yeah. They're, they're uh, good. They're awesome. But the track is called Street. The track is um, composed by Sachio Ogawa. Listen to the track Street from the game Virtual Cop 3 for the arcade. I don't know why my voice is going that way. Composed by Sachio Ogawa, and he is going crazy with that drum machine. That drum machine, he's hitting every button on that drum machine as, as much as he can. I, I like it, though. It's so crazy. It's like it's off the wall. Um, um, 
just lots and lots of things going on. It honestly doesn't sound anything like, like, say, for example, what I remember from Virtual Cop 2. So some of these must have gone with a completely different vibe. Yeah, I think they're all different composers for each different for each of the games. So the first two games had home releases, and this was arcade only. So chances are you probably didn't hear a lot of the music. Yeah. Just, just a lot of gunshots, and then probably someone playing it like a reload. Yeah, reload, 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 reload. Um, so the uh, only thing I, I know about the Virtual Cop series is that I think they are... Oh, wait, not thinking of Police 911. Never mind. <laughs> we were talking about Police... Which is like you were literally just talking about Police 911. We were talking about Police 911, which is a fun... I mean, they used to have that at Dave & Buster's. They had that and like some boxing one that you had, like, had the motion capture that you can move around on. I'm wondering if anybody actually learned how to box that. from playing that game. Probably not. <laughs> well, I mean, you learn how to, sh- you know, how to shift. Um, you, could, you, you probably like learn to aim in these games. Well, the aiming for sure, but I mean, I have a hard time doing like the actual like shift left, oh, the and shift, shift right. right. So yeah. the game made you do it. Well, the big thing in this game was taking cover. You had to like duck because like, there was like a bar on the screen, like but like at the bottom of the screen that you knew if you if you had to take cover, you can like duck below that bar. But usually that was done by hitting a foot pedal. You're saying in the game, yes, he had to physically it, get low. In Police 911, yeah, it was a full motion capture game. It sounds like I wouldn't be able to play it then. Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, well, you have to prove it to sit on the floor. Okay, okay, duck, duck, keep ducking, keep ducking. Keep ducking. Pernell mode activated. <laughs> <laughs> can we have a mod for me? <laughs> so I hear you're a giant mod. Just but, press the button. Uh, what I read was that that the Police 911 series was supposed to be like the the successor or the sequel in canon to the Lethal Enforcer games. Okay. Which I'm like, I don't know how much of a story there is to those games, but. Virtual Cop is just like part of the Virtual Series. Well, Virtual Cop, I mean, they had some, they were scenarios. So like, I owned oh, the second right. Virtual Cop game, and what I mainly remember was the first stage was like sort of like a police, like a, almost like a bank robbery. You like chase them in a car, and you, your cars crash. You get out, and you're chasing them down, and you eventually catch them. Mm. But then the level I always did over and over because I loved the music in the level was stage four, which is stop the airship bomb. Which <laughs> apparently involved you ultimately taking on a dirigible. So, oh my god, that sounds awesome! It was a great episode. A great, I, I think I even picked the track from that stage on an earlier episode of the hmm. show. I have to look it up later. I have to look it. Yeah, I know he played some virtual cop music. Th- this this music sounds like it's in the future, like some kind of weird futuristic underground. That thing. might have been the twist. Maybe Virtual Cop Three was like a in a like fighting crime in a future tone. Yeah, and you're not real. You're virtual. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do know that the characters in Virtual Cop made like cameo appearances in later Virtual Tennis games. Did they? Yeah, yeah. They just used like the same character models and threw them in the game. Huh. Yeah. So it wasn't like by name or nothing, just the character models. No, they had names. I don't know. What I forget what their names are. I mean, who remembers the names? Gun of Guy games? A. Yeah. Gun Girl B. Do you remember the, the names of the characters in House of the Dead? Backpack McGee and there's G. Zombie Buster. G was in the first one, right? And then well, G. That's what, yeah, you don't want to suffer like he did. Yeah. There's G gets killed, and then the, I guess that's part of the second game. I don't know. Maybe the other two are ages A and B. Harry Bowman, or is that Silent Hill? Harry was Harry Mason in Harry Hill, Mason, which I guess I wonder if that was put to be based off of Perry Mason, but I don't know. I digress. That'd be amazing. I, d- I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not now, and I know it's not Perry Mason, but I'm starting to see Peter Falk in the House of the in Silent Hill. <laughs> he's like Columbo. I'm looking for my daughter. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, look, he's looking for his wife. Where's my wife? So you seen her around here? <laughs> what this dog doing over here? You know, she likes ghosts too. She said she could speak to the spirits sometimes. <laughs> Can you believe that? Speak to the spirits. There's <laughs> one more thing to talk to you about. <laughs> This dark world you're talking about. I gotta be honest. I have, even <laughs> having not seen 
I think that would still be funny to hear. Like, you don't know who he's talking about. It's still just a funny friggin' actor. <laughs> I love it. You haven't seen Columbo? I have, but it's been so long it's that so I don't long. have that connection to, like, oh, the voice. It's Oh, man. It's, it's definitely <laughs> of its time. All right. Uh, what's your next track? Okay. I'm a little stuck here. Um, so I have more tracks than I should. <laughs> so it's one of the, it's going to be a Mega Man track, but it could be from a game that it could be from a game or from a not quite game. Oh, uh, a, 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 a fake, 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 fake out game. Not fake. Mega out. Man for Psych. Not quite. <laughs> give me a like. Say one or the other. Which of those? Oh, um, play play it from a real Mega Man game. I feel like every time you play from a Mega Man game, it's like from a fan version. Okay. Which is cool. Which is cool. <laughs> well, you gotta get fans. But let's. I mean, you know, you know. <laughs> you know, you know what's wrong with the fans. <laughs> <laughs> All the kids in Springfield. Let me stop. So this track comes from the game Mega Man Eleven. Right. Um, this is the theme for the Fuse Man stage. This was also the theme for those who remember that played in the reveal trailer for the game to get everybody hyped for it. Oh. Cool. Um. So a little bit of. Get charged up, and also Mega Man in an electrical stage is all all about oh, the one. Oh, you, you get charged up, charge up your Mega Buster, and a Fuse Man charges up your phone. Yep, which all is right. funny because I'm sorry, I don't think you can charge the Mega Buster in eleven. I'll remember. I'll check in like five minutes. This yeah, is I'll composed by Marika Suzuki. Welcome back. You're listening to the theme for the Fuse Man stage from the game Mega Man 11, composed by Marika Suzuki. Uh, so there was a lot of mixed opinions in regards to how people, the general public, felt about the Mega Man 11 OST. Personally, I thought it was fine. There were a few tracks I could I could do without, but for the most part, I thought it was a fine OST, and I loved this theme along with a few others. And this is the track that played in the trailer that said, hey, Mega Man's back, baby. And people lost their minds because, yeah. honestly, it'd be, it's amazing how much people collectively <laughs> miss playing classic Mega Man. Um, it was funny, too, because we were kind of talking right during the break. So I was like, I know I had a whole argument about this, how I'm talking to people about how I used to talk about how dumb it was to remove the slide for Mega Man. A lot of the Mega purists are like, no, the slide ruined the game. I'm like, no, you're wrong. Just straight up. <laughs> I understand the charge shot being an issue. But the slide was important. Yeah, I liked I liked sliding around. I didn't like holding a button to charge. I didn't even, I didn't even like it in uh, Mega Man the Mega Man X series. See, X I was okay with it because the main thing I didn't like about the charge shot 
was one it made that stupid noise. Yeah. And they did eventually tone it down, but early on it was like Rrr! it pretty much killed the NES sound chip because it could only handle two channels. So the sound charging just cut the sound for the song you're playing for the stage. Um, but then second, it made it kind of pointless to use boss weapons because the Mega Buster did all the work. Mm. So I didn't like it. Yeah, if you could charge shot, then do it. And then there's like, well, the charge shot was so powerful in the classic Mega Man games, then you need to use it. But if it sounded so terrible, then I would play through the game without using it. Yeah, and I'm and actually doing that kind of nail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I guess what I'm doing with all the boss weapons, so if I'm not oh, doing... Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're playing boss weapons only, right? Boss weapons only, so no charge shots. So, unless they make you, like, there's, like, an enemy in, like, Mega Man 4, for example, that requires a charge shot to kill it. Um, but, like, so it was interesting that Mega Man 9 came out, which was many years after Mega Man 8. And the purest one at that point was, like, no charge shot, no slide. We're talking classic Mega Man. And I will stand the reason that 9 was probably one of the best Mega Man games in existence. Mm -hmm. I think it was probably the best one. But I was sad. I don't think the slide is what made it the best Mega Man game or lack of slide. Nine nine was like the return, right? Yeah, and it was yeah. like the only one where every boss weapon was useful to I me. I liked it a lot. Nine nine was fun. Nine was tough and it was Nintendo hard and it was fun. Yes. It was really, really fun. I think I see remember we played it at your condo and finished it. Yeah, I, I I played through it on my own. I couldn't get very far. Then you came over and we spent like the whole night or something just going through just it. Just beating it. No, we we didn't finish it. We got to I think the boss rush. No, we beat it. Oh we did? We did oh, I remember. Man. Maybe, I was excited about that. Play was, maybe that was my playthrough. I didn't. I didn't finish. Yeah, we finished. Oh, that the was whole your game. play. That was your. It was your save file. No, <laughs> we played it from the beginning to the end on your Xbox. Oh wow! I remember this. I remember where the TV was, but like, yeah, it was in that old spot, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when Mega Man Ten came out, they did the same thing, and then there was another long pause between releases. <laughs> but then when Eleven came out, and they showed the trailer. The charge shot was still gone, but they put the slide back. And that's how it should have always been, because the slide was used to good effect in this game. You had to actually evade things in a way that normal running couldn't do. You had to slide, which gives it purpose. But even when you don't have to be forced to slide to evade, it was a good evasion tactic to have for things like bullets mm -hmm. or just an enemy that's a little too close for comfort. It just makes sense yeah. to have that and, ability. In the in the the Bible of Mega Man, you felt like they took away like a whole chapter. They took a whole chapter. Heck, they took the index away. Yeah. Like I, you need like the slide is the thing you don't put in and take back out. I was sad to see it gone. I was glad to see it return. And this game, I would like to see them do a Mega Man 12. And the only thing they would have to do for me is add, make more, make the Wally stays longer because. Wily's Fortress was only like two levels long in this game. And so you liked like the, the gear system and stuff they did with Eleven? Uh, mixed bag. Like so the speed gear and all that time. I gear. was okay for other people to have access to the gears, but I tried to use them as little as possible. Not because they were bad. They were a cool component. It's just, this is going to sound really lame. I felt like they overcomplicated Mega Man. Yeah. Like I never wanted to think, time to use the power gear along with the acid shot and do this. Like, no. The acid shot should be what the acid shot is when I equip it. I don't want to think about the speed gear version or the power gear version. But it was cool when the bosses used the gears yeah. because it gave them like overcharge attacks and they freaked out and things that you didn't, you weren't used to seeing Mega Man bosses do. Well, so it's I kind of like um, in Mega Man X, you could use the, the when you got the boss weapons, you could charge them up and they did different things. Yeah, but, but that was really straightforward. It was literally fire or hold. Fire or hold, not, and that was it. Not yeah. hold for a limited amount of time, then charge, and then use. But you don't want to do it too long. You yeah. gear out. Or, 
is <laughs> you'll gear out. <laughs> gear out. Like I didn't want to think about all that. And it was more often than not yeah. that if I want to use a gun, I was like, just use the gun as it is. You're not going to have time to think about use it in power gear form. You're tr- I'm trying to dodge things yeah. and evade. If, if they do a 12, I wonder what they'll do. I have a question for you because I honestly don't remember. So they introduced the slide in was it Mega Man 3, right? 3. And then in the rest of the NES series, was the slide always available? It was always available up until 9. Wow, that's amazing. Including Mega Man and Base. See, I felt like when 9 came out and didn't have the slide, I was a little, I was sad I didn't see it. But at the same time, I felt like they were trying to like break Mega Man down to its core. That's what they were doing. Like, and I was like, okay, I kind of see what they're doing, and the game felt that way. But that's, that is what they were doing. Because yeah. like, you'd have people like our friend Matt, and if he, he's probably not listening to this, but if he were, he'd be like, yeah, Pernell, you better believe it. But he always had it in his mind that the most pure Mega Man game was Mega Man 2. He will tell you that to the mm-hmm. cows come. Not just because it was like less mechanics, so no slide, no charge shot. And he also felt like every boss weakness made sense. Mm. He felt like that was the one that close, most closely adhered to the elements, like fire, wind, water, earth, and then quick. other things. Like the quick element, yeah. <laughs> but like he would no, claim, still, yeah, yeah, this all kind of fit. Yeah, he would. He believed it was the most pure Mega Man game to exist. Mm. So to get as close to that as possible was the smart play. So he would always tell me how the slide made no sense. I'm like, no, it made perfect sense. And we will butt heads to this it, day. You know what? It. it was an addition because you said how to you Mega Man 11 felt a little overcomplicated. The, the, a, a slide mechanic, like a movement mechanic that's just core, holding down like the jump and, and the down button is much more natural than like having to flip through all these additional like options to yeah. find weapons and stuff. Yeah, like so, the slide just happens. Which like, is why when you got Mega Man X and you got stuff like a dash and you got like a wall jump and all this stuff, it just felt natural because of course you sh- you're going to be able to do that. Like yeah. any kind of adding to your movement is going to feel natural. But And then you start complicating like the weapon systems and stuff, mm-hmm. unless the whole game is around complicating the weapon system. Don't get me wrong. I play Enter the Gungeon like crazy. Like... Everything is complicated. But he would enter the gungeon. Do you think, what do you think? Yeah, the weapons are all different, but what happens? You pick up a gun and you shoot it. They all behave differently, yes, but you shoot the gun. You don't do anything crazy with it. Yeah, you no, don't have to hit fair. a special button to make the gun do a separate action. Okay, okay, fine. Not a great, not a good analogy. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just pointing out, like, that's, that's just kind of how that flows. Like, you think about Mega Man X, like, he can slide and he can wall dash, but it all happens just as natural motions like yeah. I hit the dash button I hit a wall and I'm just going to slide on it until I jump off like you don't even there's no thinking involved to the point even where if you're fighting a boss and it's a nice frenetic boss battle all the things we just described happen naturally and instinctively you just know dash hit wall jump off water leap over the boss you're not going okay activate speed gear yeah. just for this moment and then <laughs> switch to the acid shot oh wait no spring wild okay. coil yeah, time well Anyway, so my next track is all about overcomplicating a game. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I think so, because I never used this character because of that. This is Phoenix Wright, the character Phoenix Wright, within Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Oh. And not just his theme, he had two themes in that game. Did he actually have a turnabout theme? He had a turnabout theme, So because within the game, he had a set of moves, a set of special moves, a set of super moves, and then when you find... Um, all of the evidence. Like there's moves that like actually throw evidence out, and uh-huh. if you collect all the evidence, you go into a special overcharged mode where you get all these extra moves. Is that how he actually functioned in the game? Yeah. And um, this is the music for his turnabout mode. So this is the theme of Phoenix Wright turnabout mode for Ultimate versus 
Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Um, it was composed by uh, Masasa- Masakazu Sugimori and arranged by Hideki Fukasawa. I mistyped that. We'll have to play this one day. I have it at home and never booted it up. <laughs> and this is also a charged up track, too. Oh. While he's also charging you. <laughs> with battery. <laughs> well, that's a perfect one for this game. <laughs> This is the theme of Phoenix Wright, the turnabout mode from Marvel Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3. Uh, Masakazu Sugimori, <laughs> arranged by Hideki Fukasawa. Oh, yeah! Yeah, Hideki Fukasawa going in hard on this game. Like, lots of really heavy electronic music tracks all over Marvel, Marvel Capcom 3. Um, but it's, it kind of works for this, you know? I like the fact that the moment it kicked off, I haven't played Phoenix Wright in like a decade. And I immediately was like, yep, that's my jam. I got boppy to it. Like, Phoenix Wright is a particularly cool concept of a game where it's like, I was telling Rob earlier, like, I hated adventure games for the longest time. Like, that's why I never played games like Monkey Island, which, again, thank you for the Christmas present on that months ago. Um, but now you yeah, was like a listener surprising. He was like, here, you need to play Monkey Island. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And it still needs to happen. It's going to happen this year. Um, but, like, this was the first game where people were like, you should play, like, reviewers. I don't know who was a reviewer or a person. Like, you need to play Phoenix Wright. This is a fantastic adventure game. And here's the premise. I'm like, I do like this premise. There's something kind of interesting about the main character being a lawyer. Yeah. Fighting in court. So I ended up playing the game, and I was getting engaged. And, you know, I will admit, as you're doing some of the cases, you'll come across points in the solution. Where it's like, I know what I should choose here, but the game was like, no, this is a narrative arc. You got to find where we want you to insert the evidence, and that can be annoying sometimes. But the writing is fun, the characterizations are fun, and the moment you hit a character in the courtroom with enough evidence to make this theme start, this <laughs> is pretty much when they're cornered. This is where it's like, okay, they're about to lose, and they go into panic mode. Their animations yeah. will usually change, their demeanor will change. And it's like, okay, it's one more push, one more push, and this music is getting you juiced. You're ready to wrap it up. It's so it, make, it makes sense that like in, in Marvel Capcom three in this world, it's a fighting game where like you've changed modes 
you're supposedly turning the, 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 the tide around on your opponent, mm -hmm. and you're ready to send Spider-Man to jail. Yeah, pretty much. And if it's Phoenix Wright sitting in there, he probably deserved it. He probably <laughs> like I'm probably did. He, he caught it. Yeah, yeah. Like he, I mean, he, he. If anybody's going to put somebody in jail for the a right but unexpected reason, it's Phoenix Wright. He's. Oh, that's do what it. we watched. We watched the last Spider-Man movie. That's what we did. Like, oh, that was a good movie. That's pretty good. I, I, oh, you know, No Way Home. No Way Home. Yeah. I still need to watch this. Never mind. Take Not in the back. theater though. But I've heard it's really stuff. good. That's what we watched. Yeah. I haven't watched Far From Home or No Way Home, so that's my problem. Oh, they're fun. They're good movies. Like the Geese contest, and like why, like nothing about this game. Like there's a there's one level in the game we have to interrogate a parrot, and the character <laughs> outright acknowledges, "How am I supposed to interrogate a parrot?" And you're like, "You better figure it out, because he's on the stage." <laughs> I call to the witness and Mr. Pickles. <laughs> what? Polly wants a cracker. Like, I don't have any crackers. That's it's Exhibit A. I can't feed there's you a, that. There's a Frasier episode where Niles has a parrot. For like a pet, mm -hmm. and they have like a big dinner party, and like they're talking about the guests in the kitchen, and the parrot picks up all the language, and so it's like, "Here you go, Mr. Smith. Thank you for coming to my party." And the parrot goes, "Dr. Smith is a drunk. Mr. Smith is a drunk." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay, it's, it's good. I love parrots. Yeah, parrots are a fantastic." There's actually there's device. a at the uh, at the animal hospital or the, the the vet that I take our cat to. They have a parrot, a pet parrot they keep in the front um, area. I forget the parrot parrot's name, but it's constantly talking. I don't know where Does it's it dish off his secrets. It's, it's picking up words from people, and every time you walk in, it goes like, "Hello, what are you?" <laughs> it, it has it has like certain phrases it just picks up on that it knows people respond to. Oh, so it just strange. it just repeats them all the time. Parrots are awesome. very very strange. Um, all right, what's your uh, last track then? So this track is of the more of the light, sunshiny, happy vibe of this spectrum. All right. This is the overworld theme from the game Dokapon Kingdom, composed by Shigeki Hayashi. <laughs> Kingdom, composed by Shigeki Hayashi, and if I'm not mistaken, it was originally released on the Nintendo Wii. So, 
What? It's my nose. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Um, so this game is, well, this track anyway, plays on the overworld theme, on the overworld of the game, which in and of itself is a board game, a video board game. And the overworld itself is massive. You'll spend a lot of time there. I mean, I to put it in perspective, I've never finished a game of Dokapon Kingdom. I know it's a very, very big game. I've watched, I think I've only seen like, the, like a Game Grumps playthrough of it, and they couldn't finish it because it's just so big. It's a huge game. And, and you're yet, constantly going back and forth with each other, too. But at the same time, it's still so fun that you just try. It's like Monopoly, but good. So like yeah, Monopoly never is, but you're like I just want this to end. Well, it's Whereas like it's like RPG Monopoly, right? Yeah, like you have goals. You're trying to fulfill quests. You're like, okay, yeah, it might take you forever to do it, but you do know you need to get to the spring cave and find the holy water to cure the next right. the town next door. I do like it's um, yeah, instead of like buying boardwalk and putting houses on it. <laughs> yeah, which is not nearly as entertaining. No, no. And there's also like battles where you fight monsters using like rock paper scissors mechanisms, but you also have weapons and armor mm-hmm. and stats. And, and they affect the rock, paper, scissors? Yeah, because, like, there's critical hits, basically. There's defending the hits, and there's basic hits. And then the attack damage and defense power you have determines, you know, how hard those things hit. So you could do you could do really poorly at rock, paper, scissors, but still have a shot because your gear is just that good. So it's just it's a weird game <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> okay, like, so you play the rock, paper, scissors against the monster, but because you have a bigger sword, you're like, um, dynamite. The dynamite, essentially. I mean, you can still totally lose, but isn't the odds are more in your favor if you have better gear. Yeah, and you can also fight other players this way too, which is interesting because if you lose against a player, they can like write, they can change your name to something stupid or. Write oh, that's funny! On your I didn't face. know you could do that. I thought you could just like steal like gold or weapons and stuff. Honestly, you might be able to do something like that. That's too. funny. But the things I, I do remember for fact, you can like, change their name in the game to like Butthead. Mm. I'm, I'm enjoying this music. It reminds me of Shining Force a whole lot. I can dig that yeah. because honestly, getting really hard. I say honestly a lot. Well, I'm getting like really, really heavy Shining Force vibes on this, especially because like it, it's constantly shifting. There's like a lot of different movements to it. I never even put that, made that connection, but you make a very good point. And now I'm not going to be able to stop feeling that way about it. But that's an okay thing to make. Who's the composer I, again? Let's see here, Shigeki Hayashi. Yep, not <laughs> not Shining Force, not the Shining Force guy, but maybe they went to the same wow. school of tunage. I'm really enjoying it though. The characters are super cute. They got like there's yep. a lot of there's a lot of pink. There's Don't a lot be of, fooled. There's a lot of malice in those eyes. Oh yeah, no. I mean, Monopoly is a cute game until you start playing. Yeah, that's right. Until Monopoly. you open until you open the box. Monopoly ends families. <laughs> the cops have been called for Monopoly related violence. <laughs> no, no, Billy. Your parents were divorced because of Monopoly. Yeah, I be I feel like that's an easier thing to explain to a kid than if they didn't love each other. <laughs> What happened to mom and dad? I thought they loved me. Oh, son, they love you very much. They just hate each other because There's your dad took your mom to Park Place and <laughs> didn't let, didn't get, didn't cut her a break. Uh, to be real with you, they're still playing that same game. <laughs> that's why they, you they have just to can't see them in years. Yeah, right. yeah, that's <laughs> they didn't really abandon you. They're just locked in the Monopoly shack but in sep- the woods. That's why they're still separated because they can't they can't be in the same house anymore. Monopoly. Oh, this this episode has gone to some really dark places. It really has, which is kind of funny when you consider the theme is about lightening up. Uh, well, yeah, lightening up a little bit. <laughs> All right, I'm turning this track down, and we're getting into the part of our show we call the bonus round. Bonus round. The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. Our theme is all about getting charged. 
up. <laughs> getting charged up. <laughs> mine's, mine's, mine's about getting charged. Period. Um, period. Um, so you're getting charged here by the undercover cops. You're not getting charged at all. They, they've, they've decided to remove all charges because the undercover cops have decided to go undercover and follow you home. Oh, they want to pin the real charges on the kingpin because this is a beat 'em up game. <laughs> oh, so they're trying to see you're you're the small fish. You're the small fish they're looking for the big fish. Pronounced. <laughs> they they want the grouper. Think of, yeah, they think of the the think of like the you're looking you're going faster the mad gear. You don't want just the mad gear. You want the head mad gear. <laughs> I don't the, know who that is. You want the turn? This is that Mister X? No, I think that's Streets of Rage. Anyway. Honestly, let's be real. They're probably all misdirected. <laughs> this is this is this this is an amazing game. It's an SNK game, a beat 'em up. I've never seen before, and it looks really cool. The music is super super rad. Like it's so '90s. It sounds amazing. But there's um the official soundtrack was released with five arranged versions of the songs, Ooh. and they're really really good. Um, this is a track called Sarah Sourty, who I believe is a character in the game. I it's, hope so. Otherwise, that's a wild name. Very that strange. Got unused. The is a stage two one arranged from the game Undercover Cops, composed by Haya Unit, which is an alias for uh, Takayushi Hayamuto, mm. and it's arranged by Machira Oshima. Yeah. 
This track was Sarah Sowerty, stage 2-1 from the game Undercover Cops, composed by Haya Unit, Takahushi Hayamuta, and it was arranged by Machira Oshima. I don't know what the lyrics are, though. I really, really hoping I could find lyrics for this this track, but I couldn't find them. Break it uh, down now. <laughs> what, what, what? I really like that part, though. But it's, it's, it's the, the funky guitar with like the cool like talk box like vocals. Um, Takushi Hayamuta, known as Haya Unit, big SNK composer, worked on uh, Metal Slug 2, Metal Slug 3, SNK versus Capcom Card Fighters, um, worked on uh, King of Fighters, You'll see the um, AKA uh, on all of these games is Haya, H-I-Y-A exclamation point, or just Haya Muda. Also did work on um, more, actually just more Metal Slug games. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, did a lot of work in the 90s. This is down a, now. I mean, this is, a, this is more of an 80s track. It feels really 80s. It was like the really kind of, Kind of not so great on beat scratching, but all the all the sound effects like they were just really excited to put as many of the arcade sound effects into the track as possible. Break it down now. <laughs> work, think, work, work. I feel like I just broke <laughs> Cornell. <laughs> just random sound. I can't talk. I played Children's Sketchbook earlier. But... Yeah, that was probably one of the wildest track we've, tracks we played on the show. Maybe. <laughs> all right, what's your bonus round track? This was going to being really short, but I liked it so much. I was like, I'm going to just pick it anyway. Um, this is actually a rem- or remix from the game Sonic Heroes. This is the Power Plant Techno slash Piano remix, and it was covered by someone by the name of X Tricky Wolfie, which is unfortunately a person who hasn't doesn't seem to have composed anything in a long time. Hmm. Okay, but so it's still legit. Someone just maybe was having fun, just did something crazy. Maybe so. Yeah. You were listening to the piano techno remix to the Power Plant stage theme from the game Sonic Heroes, covered by composer or cover artist Trick X Tricky Wolfie. And I'm actually kind of sad the track was short. I wanted it seems like it's a good loop track because I in that track's defense, the original Power Plant theme mm-hmm. is an extremely short loop. Okay, so yeah, maybe that's what they're keeping it up as, but it was a it's a cool sound. I really enjoyed it. I mean, maybe there could have been more to it, but maybe they thought like, you know, what, the the it's done. You know, I'm complete. But yeah. like, it, it, I enjoyed the mm-hmm. piano part the most. Like it was, 
that could have been a three-minute track of just variations of playing that on the piano, mm. and I'd have been content. Yeah, different like arrangement piano pieces of that. Yes. Yeah, I would have enjoyed that too. But like, I'm a big fan of the Sonic Heroes OST as a whole. The game has some glitchiness to it. Like, it was a great concept, mm. but it absolutely needed to be baked in the oven longer. Like, I genuinely remember <laughs> yeah. buying this game before a trip to Chicago to hang out with everybody. And there was a house party we were all at. And I was like, oh, I got, we got to play Sonic Heroes. I just bought it. Went down to the basement, hooked up to the GameCube. And everybody and their mom was spotting how glitchy it was. Yeah. And I refused to believe that it was glitchy. So I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That was me. I, I made that mistake. Don't worry about <laughs> it. It, it, it it's, it's, the game's fine. The game is fine. No, no. This, 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 this game did not pass quality assurance. It did not pass quality assurance. They got to the point on one specific level. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was like the Frog Forest where you were swinging from vine to vine trying to dodge gators, and I would just clip right through, like, vines. I'm trying to grab it. It's like, nope, you didn't grab that vine. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. This is frustrating that now. Happens. I'm not having fun anymore. Um, all right, so for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, or we'll have links to all of the sound clouds at Bandcamps and everywhere you can find this music and download or stream the music and support these artists. All right, thanks for joining us on episode 32-4 of Rhythm and Pixels. Getting charged up. <laughs> <laughs> getting charged up. Um, yeah, our look at getting charged up in movies and I mean in games. We talked about movies. We talked about a lot of movies. I did a lot of talking today. <laughs> I don't know what happened here. I don't know what happened to my voice. We apologize now. if you were like, hey, there's a lot of talking here. But at the same time, we're like, we like talking. So, look, man, we're catching up. All right. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> You're tuning in to Rhythm and Pixels. This is what we do. <laughs> it's kind of true now I think about it. Yeah. We are gabbers. We are gabbers, especially um, gab- gabbing about stuff that we love. I've actually thought about this at one point. I feel as though, like, we are essentially... Well, we could be considered, in a sense, like radio hosts. Yeah, this is kind of like radio. Yeah. If you downloaded Welcome radio. Back to Rhythm and Pixels, WRNP, the rock station. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> howl in this story. <laughs> it, it makes sense that, like, a, a lot of other shows, like XVGM Radio and KVGM. K, 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 KVGM. KVGM, The Last Wave. Yeah, they're, they're like radio shows. So, will we be like, you know, what would be like WRNP? In Cincinnati, yeah, yeah, we gotta be, yeah, we could be on, you gotta be like Philadelphia style, W something, W R N P in Philadelphia, yeah, R N P H Y Y, I don't know, <laughs> R N P H Y Y, I have no idea, yeah, it's just R N P, W R N P, I like W R N P, yeah, it just feels good, and also I feel that much closer to being like the Wolfman. I, yes. I like. I always like that that fake radio person. I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> it's like it never made sense. I guess it was like their night radio, so a wolf howls. I don't know, oh, but he, he was a wolf man, and he loved music, and it was great. Yeah, Whatever. Pernell on the wheels of steel, <laughs> taking your your listener requests and getting you through the third night shift. <laughs> I think it goes back to me. There's no smoothness. <laughs> it's just Pernell like, yelling directly into the microphone. Wake up! How? <laughs> um, that would be me. That's why I make the big bucks. <laughs> well, next week we're going to have a special guest. Maybe he's going to be howling. 
<laughs> or at least or come in to wish us luck yeah. as we talk about our interesting topic. Yeah, we have a very cool topic with a, a very special guest next week. So tune in for that. Uh, but until then, if you'd like to um, you know, say hi to us, you have a question or comment or a suggestion, any of those things. <laughs> or words. Or just any words. Like, just send us an email. The email is the best place to do it. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And then you can um, check out a full track listing from this episode and all of our episodes at the website, www.rhythmandpixels.com. <laughs> Very easy to find us. Rhythm and Pixels, all one word, on the internet, on the social media places. Um, you can go to youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels. We have a 24-7 radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit music. It's super cool. Check that out. I'm, I'm working on some new graphics for that. I'm teaching myself some animation. You didn't say the YouTube, so. Like go go to the YouTube. Go to the YouTube. It's, <laughs> the a good, YouTube. it's a good spot. It's on the YouTube. My children love themselves, <laughs> the YouTube. And um, if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is just tell people about it. Or you can subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're on. That's always helpful, too carve into a tree you can also support us by going to rhythmandpixels.com slash merch and you can check out our cool t-shirts there there's like uh, some vgm related t-shirts some podcast related t-shirts and you can also support us by going to patreon patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels and there you get cool stuff like t-shirts and mugs and stickers and you get access to exclusive content like prequel episodes and monthly live streams that we do for the show and we also thank all of our patreon members who are at the highest levels of every episode of, of at the, the highest level of our Patreon. We have, uh, starting with Brooke and frankly Zappa, both of you, thank you so much. So, so much. And then we have the number one. Number one. Number one. No name, just the number one. We have GameFan44. We have Mike Myers, Person, Fashion8060, Alex Messenger, The Messenger from AVGM Journey, a fantastic VGM podcast. Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Werma, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, a podcast all about Asian cinema and Kung Fu and martial arts movies. We have Chris Tienerson, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. We have Christopher Sendstrom. Thank you. Davy Cakes, David Taylor, Enchilada Rigol, Harold Howard, Jeff Maziota. Thank you so much for your kind words on um, YouTube and, and everywhere else that we see your, your name show. It's really great. appreciate it. Um, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio. Thank you so much. Uh, Martiris, host of ReVGM. VGM. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I just gave Prell a look like, hey. Uh, ReVGM, a, a, a podcast dedicated to arrangements and remixes and covers of your favorite video game music tunes. We have, um, thank you so much, Michael Bridgewater, Dr. Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. Maybe one day he'll make another one of those. Fantastic or show. Or just come back on ours. Um, you can also check him out as Mibri64, M-I-B-R-I-64 on Twitch. He does a lot of really cool demo scene tunes and demo scene DJ stuff on there. It's, he's, he's an amazing artist. I want to thank Michael Jennings. I want to thank Rage Cage, host of the uh, VG Emporium podcast. Where you can find all the latest and greatest beats <laughs> sit there, fit to rake with a muck at great <laughs> prices. I just keep trying to come up with this really great, great like, yeah. Great Market. video game music at great prices. There we go. We gotta be crazy to sell them this <laughs> low. <laughs> Actually, with his voice, he'd be great. To yeah, crazy. Yeah, sell. crazy seller. I want to thank Reinhardt Zilkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, and Ed Wilson 
from the Fiji Embassy. 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 Um, thank you all so and many, many more. Thank you so much for your continued support of our little podcast. It's really, trust us, it's extremely appreciated. It feels good to know that for as long as we've been doing this show, people still like it and new people are coming into it and enjoying it too. Like, maybe it's just me, but it feels like we're actually hitting a stride. Knock on wood. Yeah. I want to pull the Al Bundy curse out of my pocket or anything. <laughs> it but, does, uh, that does feel that way. So um, I was, I'm hoping things, I'm, I'm making a public appearance. I was feeling pretty good about it. I'm starting to feel less good about it. You're getting in crowds. Oh, we'll be fine. But I think we'll be all right. We'll so yeah, don't, you know, yeah, you know, don't, don't, you know, make your own decisions and, and figure out what, what works best for you. But if you can, come out and see us in June. We'll, we'll, we'll get more details as we get closer. It'll be fun. And actually, game fan, I got you. I think I sent it to her on the Discord, but just in case, I actually managed to get one of the skull fossils she needed in Pokemon during my lunch break today. Oh. <laughs> so that is actually moving along steadily. I realized that I have, like, surprisingly a number of Pokemon goals at my at my leisure, at my disposal, that I want to knock out. Like, I'm help her with that. I want to catch the Ultra Beast in Pokemon Oh, moon. you're getting all Pokemon'd up. I'm getting Pokemon, but not just that. Like, I'm also looking at my 3DS collection. Like, mm. I want to go back and play these old 3DS games nice. I didn't leave them behind. Hey, Why am I buying new games ever? Detective Pikachu still out there on the Nintendo 3DS. Oh, I don't think I ever bought that, which means I'd have to find it. And I bet that game is hard to find. Might now. be, yeah. Well, anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. We'll see you next week. And remember, it's... Sometimes when it comes to just keeping yourself motivated and energized, you might find yourself in need of what I generally like to call a battery. It's that thing you go back to to recharge your energies. It could be a specific type of food you like that you just keep in the fridge at all times. It could be a specific person that you just go to to talk about your day. It could be a nice place you go for nature walks. Any number of things. It could be, as Rob we talked about earlier, Rob and I talked about earlier, could be a comfort game you like to play. Yeah. Just any old thing that you can kind of gravitate towards when you're feeling at your lowest or just kind of low in general. It's good to have that noted. It's good to have access to that. And it's good to utilize it when needed because it's, it's hard out here. It's mm. tiring out here. <laughs> and having a safe space is not a derogatory thing. It's actually a good thing worth having on hand at all times.